Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season three, episode two, Magic Hour. It originally aired on October 12th, 2000, and had 5.10 million viewers a significant drop-off from the season premiere. Who the fuck stopped watching after that season premiere? That's what I want to know. That was a good episode. I know. A good two million people decided, you know what, let me, uh, let me not. They were like, you know what, this care. whole, I'm not about it. Goodbye. Could never even imagine that. Are you kidding? I'd be all over that shit. Piper and Leo getting married? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I don't care. I, I don't ship either of these couples. I'm <laughs> not important. Nuts to me, but. All right. So we open up and we're at this hair salon and we see some women reading bridal magazines while their hair are in like those big dryer things. And Piper looks annoyed and then she picks up one off the table then puts it down and gets up and starts to leave. But then she goes back and gets the magazine and goes to the elevator. Inside, two women step in and one is showing the other her engagement ring and they're like super happy about it and Piper is not. And then we get to the manor and we see Piper's Jeep pull up in front and this like car of a wedding goes by and once again, Piper looks so annoyed. I just love this little intro, even though it's so corny and unrealistic. (laughs) I think it's really funny, obviously trying to show her annoyance to the fact that she sees it all around her and she's, you know, people being able to enjoy their big day and she's not able to do that. Yes, exactly. We really see like Piper's frustration with the idea of eloping and how like weddings just seem to be surrounding her for some reason. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, I feel like that would be my kind of look. Like, right when it's the least, uh, or the most annoying thing in my life, that's when I'd start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tends to be the case. So now we are in the dining room, living room area, and Prue and Phoebe are making little glasses to watch the eclipse. And Prue says, she's going to choose you. And she's like, is not. And Prue's like, you get to hang out with her more. And Phoebe says, you've known her longer. I mean, there was that whole bonding time before I was even born. And Prue's like, okay, she was one and I was three. What did we bond over? Diapers and drooling? And that's when Piper walks in and they run over to her and they're like, hey, we want you to settle something for us. And she's like, sure, anything to get my mind off of weddings. And both of them like look at each other like oh shit you know because this conversation was about who she would choose to be her maid of honor so my whole little weird sister moment where they're like oh nothing and she's like no tell me and they're like well we were kind of wondering who you want to be your maid of honor and piper's like well let me think about it i'm not allowed to invite anybody or have a cake or a band or flowers so what makes you think i'll be able to have a maid of honor and then she says, it's not like I'm some girly girl who wants a fairy tale wedding. 
But I just thought there would be some things that would be givens. And Phoebe's like, like fighting with the caterer and agonizing over who makes the final cut on the guest list. And she's like, even those. I just want to be able to celebrate a little. And Prue says, all right, maybe you're not getting your dream wedding, but you are getting your dream guy. And then that's when Leo orbs in at the top of the stairs and Phoebe yells his name and he shushes her and she's like, Leo. <laughs> and then he says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And Piper says, could you possibly be the bearer of a big hug? And he comes and he's like, not after what I just heard and sits by them on the couches. And he says, they want an answer, Piper, about us. Either there isn't any us or you guys get a new lighter. We have till tomorrow night to decide. And she says that that's insane. And he says that they can try to pull this off by then. And Piper's worried about them finding out because of the unspeakable wrath with the likes of which you can't even imagine. And Phoebe, Phoebe and Prue like look at each other and they're like, um, what? And Leo's like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. We'd be taking a huge risk, and until they get an answer, they're going to be listening very closely. So any talk of it, any use of W word, Prue questions how they'll hide it and asks Phoebe if she found anything in the book. And Phoebe's like, no, I didn't, but says that she's still pretty hung up on the unspeakable wrath part. And she's like, I mean, is that just the bride and groom, or does that include bridesmaids? And Prue's like, Phoebe. And she's like, what? I mean, there must be some real reason that this merging is so forbidden they are hardcore against it and Prue's like yeah well rules were meant to be broken and she says but bodies weren't and Piper says and neither were hearts Leo are you sure there's a way we can do this without getting caught and he says if there is then we'll find it and then he says that until then they should all speak in code so she tells him to go and he orbs out and Prue hugs her and she says why are they so hell-bent on seeing each one of us so very alone and then they hear Kit start hissing and meowing um, in the distance. So they all run over to the porch where she is. And she's there going after an owl. And they're like, leave it alone, leave it alone. And Phoebe's like, bad kitty. And then the sun starts setting. And all of a sudden, this owl morphs into a naked man. And Prue's like, good kitty. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. I love that. <laughs> So to go back to the beginning, the Prue and Phoebe conversation, once again, the show is just never keeping track of their age differences or anything. Like, we do they not remember that we saw a scene where Patty was pregnant with Phoebe and Piper and Prue were not one and three? I'm just putting that out there. That was a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Well, how, how old is, how much older than Piper is Phoebe? I mean, is Piper then Phoebe? Supposedly two years, but... According to what we saw in the flashback, she has to be three or four years older than Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, that that would make her like two and then four or five, you know, for Prue and Piper while she was pregnant. But they were like five, six-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Minimum, yeah. minimum four. Like, I see three-year-olds all the time. They were way more... or. They're way less grown than that. Yeah. And we know, like, Prue has very specific memories of their mom and, like, life with their dad and stuff. Like, Prue was older. She was not four when their mom died. Yeah. So that it's was just not like, right. I really need the writers to keep track of people's ages. It really, it just stands out to me. And I'm like, come on. 
And for Piper to be like, because she had said it in the past where she was like, um, you know, you have uh, memories of mom, I have some, but poor Phoebe has none, you know? But like, at three years old, I don't have any memories from when I was three. Like, what? <laughs> or one, technically. She would have been two when Piper was born. So two years, or when Phoebe was born. So two. Yeah. I mean, I think sense. Phoebe was, like, one when their mom died, so I guess, yeah, Piper would have been, like, three. But even so. Math, but it makes no sense. We yeah, know even for a fact so. that Piper was older, and we know that yeah. Prue was, too. Exactly. But, uh, anyways, we're never gonna get a real solution on that. They continue True. to be very inconsistent, so it's okay. Yes. Also, as far as the maid of honor thing, this is such a I have multiple sisters concern. Like, this is something, not that I really think I'm going to get married, but, like, if I did, I'm like, <laughs> which one of my sisters will I pick? I wonder the same thing. I mean, I don't know. It's so confusing because I'm like, obviously, I want all of you in the wedding party, but there's so many of you and then maybe some friends. Like, it would be, like, a huge bridesmaids yeah, and no, like it's made of honor very <laughs> clear to me that i am not gonna have bridesmaids who like aren't family members because there are too many family members i have to have in. way too many that we need to put first <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's that's our that's our issues <laughs> not yeah. not quite pipers True. i mean i, I guess mean, they kind don't of have here. any friends outside of each other so they just it's just which one of you is the maid of honor which one of you is the <laughs> yeah except for the the random ones that come in for one episode and are never seen again imagine for like piper's wedding like if they weren't eloping we just all of a sudden had all these mysterious friends appear just to be in the bridal party they totally would do that if it was like an actual wedding they would have all these like randos at their wedding <laughs> And they'd all be Pipers, too. Because Leo, who does, Leo doesn't know anybody. He's a white lighter. Nobody that's alive anyway, or at least if he does, he can't tell them, you know? Yeah, it's so. literally just Daryl. His- <laughs> I know. <laughs> Daryl and the sisters, that's it. Who's okay. actually his best man and Phoebe's the maid of honor or like vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case. Oh my god. So um, off to a hard start though um we got this random owl turning into a hot guy on their porch so can't wait to see what happens with that yeah me too and i mean of course this whole unspeakable wrath that's coming up we're seeing phoebe kind of changing her mind about being excited about the wedding so i'm interested to see how that plot line's going to play out and whether or not they're going to be able to figure something out agreed so then we have the theme song and after that, we're in the manor, and it's now nighttime, and we're in the conservatory, and we see that the man, who used to be an owl, is putting on pants and asks if they're afraid of him. And Prue asks if he's going to attack them, and he says, if you work for him. And she asks who him is, and Piper says they have other things to deal with, and then are we helping or are we fighting? And the guy says, what you saw happen to me didn't scare you. And Phoebe starts to make a joke, but then Piper's like, we've seen worse. And Prue says, if you're not here to kill us, apparently we're supposed to help you. And he says he needs to leave. And outside there's like an animal kind of watching and growling. We get kind of a POV shot of that. And then Prue says that they're familiar with magic. And he says the last thing he needs in his life is more magic. 
He tells them that he was cursed by his boss and wants revenge. He says, tonight's the night that I'm going to kill him. And they offer him some of Leo's clothes, and then they say that they want to chat by themselves while he gets dressed. So then the sisters all stand together, and Phoebe's like, well, he definitely has that whole tortured innocent thing going. And Piper says, yeah, well, we're kind of busy, and he doesn't seem to want our help. And Prue says, been there, saved that, wouldn't be the first time. And they turn to tell him the plan, but then they see the door is open, and Piper's like, oh, well, he's gone, too bad. <laughs> and Phoebe says that he was brought to them for a reason. And Piper's like, yes, but we have to find a way to hide the rutabaga before they catch on. And Prue's like, the rutabaga? She's like, it's a code word for the thing we're not supposed to talk about. And they decide to split up and figure things out. Prue says that she's going to go scry with the owl feather and Phoebe and Piper can work on the rutabaga. And Phoebe is a little bit unsure about helping Piper break the rules and it expresses this to Prue, but then goes with Piper anyway. So we're definitely getting a lot of that concern from Phoebe about this whole wedding situation or rutabaga, I should call it. <laughs> the most random word. I love it so much. I know. I was like, like, where the hell did they come up with that? That's one of those lines I always remember. So I was like, oh, this is the rutabaga episode. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that is so funny. And then obviously we figured out that probably this guy is some sort of innocent or someone that they're going to end up having to help. We don't have a lot of information on his boss or anything yet, but we know that this is going to be a big part of the episode. Yes, exactly. And it's really funny to see Piper in this episode like, oh, well, we have our own things to deal with. Forget about the innocent. And the sisters are like, uh, no. Yeah. And it does feel a little out of place, but I kind of get it because towards the end, you know, it's one of those things where ha they have those like, oh, the sister's randomly thinking a certain way at the beginning of the episode and then having the realization that at the end of the day, it's all about the innocence kind of thing, which... I feel like it's not too big of a spoiler, like, that tends to be the case. But, yeah, that's basically how it goes with Piper's emotions throughout this episode of, like... But I do get her concern that her main focus is the the wedding right now and kind of, like, having to pull this off by tomorrow, stressing out about the unspeakable wrath and getting the love of her life taken away from her. So, I definitely, uh, I love that little attitude from Piper. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And like, I really love the connections this episode is going to set up between the love stories, which I'm excited to talk about as it comes up. Yeah, me too. So now we are at this bookstore and Phoebe is giving Piper a hard time as they both have books in hand about like, because she's got wedding books in her hand. And Cole walks up to them and him and Phoebe are all smiling. And she's like, oh, hi. And Piper makes fun of like their really cheesy flirting that's going on. And Phoebe gives her like a really dirty look and it's really funny. And then they all walk up to pay. And he notices Piper's wedding books. He's like, oh, so who's the lucky guy? Or more importantly, who's the lucky sister? And Piper says, me, me, uh, Mimi, our cousin. And Cole moves his hand and the bags glow as, like, they're talking to him. And then um, he says, well, I have to go. And then he says that he's got plans to accidentally bump into another eyewitness over at the gas and sips. And Phoebe's like, cute. And he says, I get cuter. And Piper says that they have to go. And she leaves and he grabs the bag with the sister's books instead of his own. 
So I like this again, still such cute flirtiness. And like, this is such a cheesy moment. Like they're making like stupid little comments about each other and like the most cheesiest flirting you could ever imagine. But it was so cute. Like for some reason it worked so well for me, the slight awkwardness that they continue to have. And then Piper kind of calling it out. It was very cute. <laughs> yes. And I love that because I feel like when you're like in those like awkward little like flirty moments, like you don't realize how awkward it is, but everyone on the outside is doing exactly what Piper was doing in that moment. Yeah, exactly. And it it definitely cracked me up. But um cute moment and obviously he's trying to like just still be flirty to get close to them and he does some weird thing where he ends up taking the sister's books instead of his own. Yes. And that will of course come up again later. So then we're at this like office building and it's nighttime and there's this guy and he's bringing the, a report to what is clearly his boss. And we find out that they use magic to play the market and they're talking about the owl and the boss says he longs for her like I do. And the other guy says, well, give it time. He says, I sought the magic so that I wouldn't have to. It has been two months. The curse should have broken them by now. And the other guy looks down. And then the boss says, all of this means nothing if I can't have what I want, and I want her. And he tells the other guy that he's dismissed, and that guy smokes out. Then we see the owl guy come running in and put a knife to the boss's throat. He says, I'm going to cut out your heart like you cut out mine. And we find out the owl guy's name is Christopher, because he says, Christopher, I'm impressed. In our time apart, you've gone and discovered courage. I've got to say, I'm a bit surprised you managed to come so close. Note to self, chat with security. And they go back and forth a little bit, and then he tells him that killing him won't end the curse. And he moves his hand, and then the other guy smokes back in with a crossbow. He tells him that the curse only ends if she gives in to him, and then Christopher runs out, and the boss tells the other guy to find him and kill him. So again, a little more information, but not too much. We see that this guy is obviously some sort of evil man or demon or something of that sort who again is playing the position of high status human you know so it's a little funny but um we kind of get the idea that he's you know put this curse on this couple that loved each other and that he wanted this girl and christopher this owl is coming after him for some sort of reason yeah and I feel like if his motivations weren't so disgusting, I would like this guy because, like, his lines and stuff are really funny. Like, I'm very entertained by him, but he's gross and I hate him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, pretty entertaining for sure. But uh, no one I'd go after. Yeah, definitely not. Um, he is a creep and a weirdo when it comes to women, and we'll see that later in the episode. Yep. So now we are at the manor in the attic and piper and phoebe walk in and see prue by the book and she says i hope you guys had better luck than i did and piper says she ended up with the wrong books and prue is confused about why this guy is cursed to be an animal for only half of the day and says that she tried scrying but the feather must not work while he's human and piper is going through the book and stops and she's like oh i found a similar ritual to a rutabaga and it's called hand fasting 
and then uh, remembers that Phoebe looked and said that she couldn't find anything to help, and she's like, what's that about? And Phoebe's like, yeah, well, it said we needed a high priestess, and since we don't have one of those, I just sort of figured why even mention it. Besides, I couldn't find anything in there about how to hide it from them, and since that's really the most important part, so that we don't have to feel the, um, and she writes down on a whiteboard, the unspeakable wrath. And Piper's like, like, I think you can say those words out loud. And she's like, well, I hope. I was hoping writing them down might help us remember them. I'm just worried that if you go through with it, it's going to be too dangerous. And that maybe, um, this is really hard for me to say, but uh, maybe you're being a little selfish. Because what if your rutabaga stops us from doing our job and keeps us from saving innocent people? And Piper says, yeah, but what about me? I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe I am being selfish. But what's wrong with that? I mean, when do we get to do something for ourselves? Haven't you ever wondered or wanted that? And Phoebe says, yeah, absolutely, but not at the expense of hurting other people or each other. And then she says, that what you're afraid of? Getting hurt? And Phoebe says, no, Piper, I'm afraid that you're not afraid of getting hurt. Piper says, I've been through more pain in the past two years than, than you can imagine. And this is the only way to stop that. Now, I'd like to do the right thing, but I also want to be with him. And she closes the book and the owl feather falls and Phoebe picks it up and has a premonition of Christopher in the forest being like barked at, looking like he's about to get attacked by a wolf. So we get all these random ass crazy animals coming around. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, excited uh, to see what this whole wolf situation is about. Me too. Definitely can't wait. And um, I think that I do. I understand Phoebe's perspective a lot. But I feel like she should be a little more understanding of Piper's perspective. Like Piper said, they never really get opportunities to do anything for themselves, anything outside of magic. All she's asking for is for this one guy that she's been on and off struggling with because of magic for so long. And she finally has him and obviously doesn't want to lose him, so is putting effort towards that. I definitely get Phoebe's, like, worry about, like, her herself being hurt and other people being hurt, but I think I understand Piper's perspective a little bit more. I think I'm a little bit more leaning towards Piper's side, honestly. I think that emotionally, I'm 100% behind Piper. I get where she's coming from, and I think that if I were in her situation, I would do everything for love, too. But when it comes to like logical sound points of view, Phoebe is 100% in the right. I mean, Piper's already choosing her rutabaga over innocence right here when she's ignoring Christopher in favor of the wedding. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. That That is a separate issue, but it feels like it's coming from Phoebe more on the sense of like more being worried for herself. And kind of things like that. It doesn't seem like it's as much focused on innocence at the moment. Or at least it hasn't seemed like that. So I don't know. Like for her to talk about being selfish. And then kind of have a selfish motive. Although she doesn't want to know the unspeakable wrath. Which I totally understand anyone would be fearful of. Is a little like bothersome to me. If she had came at it with a more you know think about the innocence like look at this like why are you focused so much on this when we have innocent lives at stake like not if it's gonna I mean I guess she is because she said if it gets in the way of our job so 
Let me let me let me take that back because yeah, she did she say that whole speech. Saying like, you know, she's scared that Piper's not scared, right? Because at the end of the day, even if the unspeakable wrath is only towards Piper and Leo, that affects them as the charmed ones. That breaks her heart as Piper's sister. Like, no matter what, this unspeakable wrath, whether it affects Piper, Leo, all four of them, whatever the case may be, like Phoebe doesn't want any of them to get hurt. Phoebe doesn't want them to not be the charmed ones anymore like she's coming at it from multiple perspectives i think there is a selfish element of it but i think there's a reason that she's calling piper out as selfish here as opposed to like herself yeah i think i i definitely agree with that and like you said in an emotional standpoint i am probably more behind piper but i do fully understand phoebe's realistic side and the concerns and obviously the fact that Piper's already kind of proving that this is taking priority over innocence, which should not ever be the case. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the forest and there's a wolf howling and the sisters are walking through these trees and apparently they've been walking around for three hours, so they say. And then they find the spot where Christopher was in Phoebe's premonition and they hear something and then they spot him and they start to call for him. But then the wolf runs out and starts growling and barking at the sisters and Christopher Christopher yells no, and the wolf runs over to him and is just, like, sitting there with him, very calm, and he says, we don't have much time, my love, someone's coming. And then they run off together, and the sisters follow. Then we're, like, inside this little shed, and they're looking at each other, and as the sun starts to rise, he turns into the owl, and she turns into a naked girl, and the owl flies away, and the sisters look in through the window, and I would just like to say this actress is Elizabeth Harmoz, and I love her. So I'm very excited to see her. I mean, I don't know her that well. I've definitely seen her in like, like as like a minor character in other shows I've seen, but she is so gorgeous and a really good actress, I will say. Yes. She has like the face of like a doll. Like she's just so pretty. Yeah, it's it's weird. She does. She looks like a porcelain doll. Like it's wild. But yeah, no. Gorgeous um so here we kind of i mean already kind of picked up on the fact that this curse made him like that for half the day and that there was some sort of curse like or the curse had something to do with their love you know so now we can see that kind of by night he's owl by day he's human versus her who's by night wolf and by day human so they really never get to have the chance to be together and that's obviously what this curse has done but obviously the charmed ones don't know that yet yes exactly so now a little later in the forest the girl is running away in a dress and the sisters are chasing her and prue tells her to wait and that christopher wanted them to talk to her and not quite sure how she knows his name but okay wow i didn't even realize that yeah like he never said his name to them and she's just like christopher and i'm like how did she know That's so weird. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. They never told the Charmed Ones his name. So how does she know that it's Christopher? (laughs) But anyways, she's like, like that finally gets um, the girl to stop. And she's like, we met him last night, right before he went after the sorcerer. We tried to stop him, but without your help, he'll do it again. And we both know what will happen if he does. She's like, he'll die. How do I know that you're not working for him? And Prue says that she just needs to trust them, and she asks about Christopher saying that someone was coming, and Piper asks why this is happening, and she says, because he fell in love with me. 
The curse is my punishment for not returning that love. And then the owl flies past them with some, making some hooting noises. And she's like, she says that it's a warning and that they have to go. So they start running. And then this guy appears with, with a crossbow, the guy from the office, and starts shooting at them. And then Piper freezes an arrow and Prue throws the guy and he runs away. And the sisters and the girl run off together. So I like this, Prue's little way of, like, getting her to stop and getting her attention and everything, even though she's just bullshitting and trying to get her attention, you know? It's a cute moment. Again, you know, we're kind of piecing together what happened with this curse and what's going on between them, and I like that we're setting up this little love story between them, and uh, we'll see further connections throughout between Piper and Leo and Christopher and this girl. Yes, and I like the way that Christopher and this girl kind of protect each other in their animal states. I think it's a really cute commonality they have, like her as the wolf was going after the charmed ones who were coming after him, because obviously she didn't know who they were at the time, and then him as the owl warning her about the guy with the arrow coming. Right, exactly. So then we're back at the manor, and the four women walk in, and Phoebe says that she's going to go look at the book, and Piper takes the girl to the kitchen, Piper walks to Phoebe by the stairs and Phoebe says, want to take a Wiccan time out and do the crossword puzzle? And then she, you know, she says, Piper, about what I said before, I didn't mean for. And Piper says, yes, you did. You never say anything you don't mean. And Phoebe says, you keep saying that it isn't like what you imagined. And I do understand your side of it. I mean, I have never seen anyone look at you the way Leo does. And that is beautiful. And you deserve that. But I still... I, um, I can't say that it's right, and I wish that I were wrong, and it's important that you know that. And she's kind of, like, teary, and Piper looks sad, too. And Piper says, the problem is you're not. There's truth to it, to what you said. I can't deny that. So unless both Prue and you approve it, I won't go through with it. And Piper walks away, and Phoebe starts going up the stairs. So this, like, does make me very sad. I'm glad that Phoebe acknowledged Piper's side of things and that like still showed that you know despite that like this is how I feel that felt very understanding to me I like the way Piper is so understanding about it and that at the end of the day they've gotten so close and to the point that you know their unity is more important than anything else that Piper realizes that and says you know what I'm not going to do this without all three of your approval which is kind of the same situation as when she wanted to quit magic she said unless the two of you do it i won't do it either and here now on something that has nothing to do with them i mean i guess it does affecting wise but like on her own personal issues she's still acknowledging their feelings and realizing that you know what this is my life now it's how things go we all have to figure things out together and that's what's most important at the end of the day because of our role that we play so I, I really did like that. Yeah, and that's really reminding me of the way that the show has pointed out to us multiple times that, like, Piper is the peacekeeper of their family, right? She's that one that's always in the middle. And here she is, once again, compromising things she wants the most, a life free of magic, a life with Leo for her sisters. Yeah. And I think that says so much about who she is as a person as well as as a witch. Just an incredible character an incredible person character incredible witch like they're all so respectable you know and 
I really like their characteristics and the issues that they have are very realistic and understanding. And um, I kind of like the way that this went. And it's so unfortunate because I feel like a lot of times in the real world, it's hard for people to get to that point where they're willing to see through love, you know, and see through the emotions that they're feeling and think about things realistically, like anybody who's in a bad situation, like it's not easy to just walk away, things like that. Like, it's really nice to see that she is, despite how difficult that is to reject the emotions that you feel, she's still trying to think as logical as possible for the good of humanity and their sisterhood and you know the charmed ones so i think that shows a lot of strength in her i think it shows that she's not willing or not going to let this you know disrupt them yeah Definitely. which which i i think is just very very uh very respectable <laughs> once again it's why they're but, heroes, um, right yeah damn right and they continue to prove that so now we're in the kitchen and there's a note from Piper hanging on the fridge and the girl, um, the wolf girl, says, we used to leave each other notes when this first happened. I'd find them at sunrise and I'd know. I'd remember all the reasons I loved him. And then, and Prue finishes and says, the letter stopped. And she turns away and Piper appears in the doorway. And the girl says, there's a limit, you know, to how much any person can take. I keep wondering. And she sees the owl land outside of the window and smiles at him and says, you keep asking yourself. And then Piper finishes and says, shouldn't love conquer all? And she turns to her and Prue says, you know, this isn't fair. I mean, it's hard enough to find somebody you can spend the rest of your life with. But when you constantly have magic meddling... I'm so sick of it. I mean, I've been through it, you're going through it, and now Brooke. What love can't conquer, we will. And obviously we find out that that girl's name is Brooke. And then Piper says, for everybody but ourselves. Then Prue touches her hair and tells her that the day isn't over yet. And Piper tells Brooke that they need her help. And she walks out of the room and they both sigh. Ugh. <laughs> So my favorite line of the episode came out of this scene when Prue says, what love can't conquer, we will. I loved that. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Like whoever wrote that line, props to you. Beautiful. And you know, here we're really seeing the connections between the love stories, magic getting in the way of true love, right? Which I think is a theme of this episode. And that's really what this scene is setting up. Exactly. Which it's uh, not too much to say about the scene, except that it, it it's very emotional, it's very cute, and it, it's sad to see that they're kind of all going through this, or at least, you know, Piper and Brooke are. And I like that Prue related too, because Prue has been through the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. She went through it with Andy, and they all kind of go through it with any love interest that they have, where magic plays a big part and stands in the way a lot so it's uh it's pretty sad but you know it's 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 nice to see they acted they acted the emotions out very well i think 
Yeah, and I think that was the perfect three to have in that scene because, you know, so far this hasn't affected Phoebe yet. So I think having the three exactly. women who've experienced it together in one room was really great. I definitely agree. So then we're back at the office and that guy who had the bow and arrow comes in and he has like this bloody satchel in his hand and says that he comes offering victory. And the boss says, that's an awfully small bag for awfully large prey. If you killed the right bird, we'd be looking at a dead human being bleeding on my floor right now. You're foolish or deceitful. Either way, you failed. And the guy says he had help witches and now they're with her and he's kind of like that's irrelevant and just kills him and then calls for another guy who he tells has just been promoted and the guy kind of looks down at the pile of ashes on the floor from the other guy and either way he is in to get promoted and then the boss pulls up the manor on like this screen no not too much about there obviously this boss pretty cold-blooded it's kind of a funny moment with the guy looking down at the pile and like that like uh <laughs> fear a little but um now we kind of get the idea that he's going to go to the manor and go after them exactly all right so in the manor in the backyard piper and prue follow brooke outside and she walks over to christopher and he sits on her hand as the owl of course and she tells them about her boss and says that he made moves, I made things clear, and he made me this. He said if he couldn't have me, then no one would, until there was a night within a day or until I give in. And, you know, they all look at each other, and Brooke starts talking about how she blames herself. And Prue says, no, you said yes to a job, not to a man. you goddamn fucking right. Sorry, but... <laughs> We don't play that shit. No. And then uh, Brooke says, but Christopher is being punished because of me. I did this to him. And Prue says, that's not what he said. He doesn't blame you for anything. And he said, Piper goes, how strong you are. He said that it's your strength that he fell in love with in the first place. And he just needs to know that you're not going to give that up. And then she smiles at them. I love this scene. Women this supporting was... women. That's what I'm saying. Like, first of all, the whole, I mean, obviously Christopher never said that because Christopher kind of ran away from that, from them, but they knew what they had to say to get her to feel the way that she needed to feel confident and like happy with her love, you know? And obviously I'm sure Christopher really does feel that way, but he can't say it right now and everything. So so beautiful the way they like supported her and did what they had to do said what they had to say to make her feel better and on top of that good that they're saying the whole yes to a job not to a man and it's really unfortunate because you see in brooke's position she feels like you know i know i did the right thing because it's not what i wanted i said no i stood down but at the end of the day it still didn't go the way it should have gone and i'm being punished for it and other people are being punished for it and I feel like that's a big thing that you can see in the real world. The guilt that you feel for saying no or causing a problem or anything like that. Like women go through that a lot. And it's really nice to see them kind of supporting each other and showing, hey, like, don't feel like you are responsible for what happened to you. You know, you are strong enough to fight through that. And it wasn't on you. Yes. 
women are not responsible for the bad behavior of men who are attracted to them. Exactly. And it's so fucked up and manipulative that it's honestly a realistic thing that women do feel that way. They do feel the blame and responsibility. And it's not right. And I'm glad that they're showing that in this scene. Yes, me too. So then we're in the attic and Phoebe's looking through the book and she's like, anything, anything. I curse you, you curse me, let's get together and do a little cursing. And then the pages start turning on their own and it lands on the page for the hand fasting. And she says, I specifically asked for a, and we hear Grams's voice say, you asked for an answer. There it is. And then we see Grams appear as a spirit and Phoebe's like very happy to see her, but then asks why she's there. Graham says, you need guidance some advice on a certain sister situation. She's like, but wait a minute. If you know, that means that they know. And if they know, we are... And she starts to, like, say fucked, but then Gramps finishes for her and says, fine, anyway, I'm beyond them now. Secrets safe with me. But what about you, Phoebe? And they talk about Phoebe's worries that something will happen to Piper and Leo and her Prue. She says, I want to be supportive, but everything in my heart is telling me that it's wrong. And then Graham says... The charmed ones are destined for greatness, but that fact doesn't keep a girl warm on a cold winter's night. And Phoebe says, so out of blanket, Rams, I can't believe you're saying this. And she says, I'm saying what I know. I remember the loneliness all too well. And Phoebe says, you were married four times. She says, well, that's because I never found true love, but maybe Piper has. And when the time comes for them to make it official, they'll feel it. They'll know. And then she disappears as Prue calls for Phoebe. So I really love this moment, but I, I do have a couple questions about Graham kind of showing up like that. I, I don't know if they can be around like that all the time, like, and just show up on their own. How come they're not there for them a little more often, like in their mom and Graham's yeah. like, why aren't they there just kind of all the time? Um, I thought they had to like summon them mostly, you know what I mean? And I also kind of wonder, or at least, like, it just crosses my mind, like, if she can, like, see them and watch them and know what's going on in their lives, like, like, how often does she be watching? Like, <laughs> like, I wonder how much weird shit they've overheard or overseen, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things when it comes to, like, ghosts watching over you that is, like, super creepy, because it's like, are you just around all the time? Like, what's going on? But yeah, it is just something to wonder about, like, if they can see you all the time or wonder, like, how do they watch? How does it work? Like, it's 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 just kind of weird. It goes through my mind as I watch this show and we continue to see more of, like, ghosts and spirits and people in the afterlife. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> kind of threw me yeah. off. But I, I really did like this moment between her and Grams and kind of Grams giving her that advice, which, you know, from what we've heard from Grams, she's a very, like, you know hard ass married but all about being a witch and putting your wicked duties first yeah but so. i mean also at the end of the day should anyone really be surprised that the woman who was married four times says that you don't want to be lonely at night i mean there's a reason you keep getting married right exactly <laughs> exactly and you know i also hope that one day we find out more about each of these marriages you know <laughs> like 
Yeah, I'd love to know more, especially like whoever Patty's dad was. That's what I was going to say. Like who came first, who was Patty's dad, which one of them, like, you know what I mean? So hopefully in the future we find out a little more information about Grams's life. And as we continue, I like when we get uh, little episodes of like history clips, you know? Yeah, definitely. So then we are downstairs and... The guy is chasing Prue and Piper with a crossbow, showed up there, and he has Piper pinned to a wall, and he shoots one at Phoebe, and then Prue sends him flying, and Prue and Phoebe free Piper from the little arrow that was, like, stuck in her shirt, and they ask why he didn't kill them, and he says he wants the bird, and then Brooke comes running out and yells no, and he points the crossbow at her, and Christopher flies out in front of her and ends up being the one that gets shot. And then Prue throws an arrow back into the guy, and he explodes into flames. And the sisters go over to Brooke, who is now holding the owl with the arrow sticking out of him. It looks so fake, and it's so funny, but like... I know. <laughs> it was like so obviously just like, it looked like a ball of like plastic, like not even just like a wood thing, you know? But it's okay. <laughs> I forgive them. I forgive them too. But very sweet that he sacrificed himself for her. I know. Too freaking cute. And just kind of a random fight scene that just caught us out of nowhere. But it was, it worked. It felt good. It felt right. And then, of course, Christopher getting shot or the owl of Christopher getting shot, which is so sad poor brooke so then we're in the living room and the owl is like wrapped in a little blanket with the arrow still in him <laughs> and brooke is like sitting on the couch holding him it looks like really sad and prue's next to her and she's like he's gonna be all right and she's like i know that's the right thing for you to say but you don't know that now all i can do is watch him die and she's like no we can do a lot more than that and she turns to Piper. She's like, you know, I can't, not now, not while they're watching. And she's like, Piper, this has absolutely nothing to do with us, everything to do with an innocent. So she closes her eyes and thinks, and then Leo orbs in, and he says he knows they heard them talking about the vanquish. And Prue tells Brooke that Leo's a healer, and he says that he can't heal animals, but he tries and then they realize that it's not going to work until he turns back to human. Then the doorbell rings and Phoebe goes to get it while Brooke cries and Prue and Piper try to comfort her. So that's a little new. Thinking of him and he shows up. <laughs> Honestly, amazing. I wish I could just think of my man and he would appear. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. Except he'd leave, never leave my sight if that was the case. <laughs> I'm always thinking about that guy. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. But that is definitely something we haven't seen before from Leo and them. But I like that little connection that they have where they can do that. I wonder if it'll ever happen again. Yeah, me too. I wonder if that's something they're a little more consistent about. <laughs> and here we see um, Piper again kind of putting that first which was like a little odd to be like well i can't right now not while they're watching 
but you can really like he's still at your at this moment he's still your white lighter you know yeah for you to like be willing to let an innocent die just because you don't want to have to lose your man like that was that was a little a little uh off-putting yeah i totally agree so now in the entryway vb goes to open the door and cole is there and he got her address off of the receipt is what he says and he's like very awkward about it and she's all smiley and then she's like they gave you our books and you thought you'd drop them by and he mentions that he also needs the one that he bought and she goes in and tells him to wait outside and says my sisters sort of got into it today so the place is a disaster so if you don't mind just waiting here and she goes in for a second and then comes back out with a bag and gives it to him she's like you're going back to the office and he says justice must be served right and she's like oh tell me about it and then leo calls for her and asks if she's okay and then comes over and she introduces them and they shake hands and then when cole pulls his hand away and looks at it he's there's like little blue orbs in it and then he closes it and like kind of wipes it away leo starts to apologize for interrupting but cole's like no i was just leaving and then they look at each other for a little and phoebe goes back inside and then cole walks down the walkway and pulls out a handkerchief to wipe his hand off and he says white lighters always were messy report this and looks down at his shadow when he says that and his shadow like detaches from him and goes into a sewer grate like it's another a separate entity kind of entity kind of thing yeah so <gasps> some really interesting stuff in this scene i mean we get the cuteness of phoebe and cole that we've been seeing but we also get the way that like he can sense other magical creatures is really cool like he can see that leos are white lighter just from their touch yeah and also this whole shadow thing it's reminding me back to the woogie and I'm really interested in like kind of this idea of shadow demons and stuff and kind of how that demon, if it's like part of himself, if it's a separate entity, like I'm really excited to learn more about that. Me too. That was actually a pretty neat idea to have like the shadow be kind of the demon. Like we've had the shadow demon, the woogie before and him sensing, you know, what's a magical being and everything, or at least what type he was and all of that. Um, pretty interesting to me i mean like we have yet to see that and it seems like higher a higher power to have you know like a more upper level demon type power to have so i think we're kind of getting the idea of him being a pretty uh pretty strong demon yeah. or powerful at least yeah so then we're back inside the manor in the living room and piper says did you ever think, did you ever consider that maybe it wasn't meant to be? I mean, things happen for a reason, right? And that's when Leo and Phoebe walk into the doorway. And she continues, she says, maybe it's not the worth the risk to be together. And Brooke says, if you don't take the risk for love, then what do you take it for? And Phoebe clears her throat and Leo looks so upset and starts walking away. And Piper, of course, chases after him. So sad. So sad that he just overheard that. Poor Leo probably was heart shattered thinking Piper's over here thinking, you know, it's not, it's not worth it kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So sad. And I love how I like know. Phoebe's trying to cover it up. She's like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why it's like so hard specifically with Leo, but to see him sad, like it really, really does break my heart because he does such a good job at looking just completely devastated. Yeah. Like it hurts me, you know? Mm -hmm. Poor guy. He's so good. He doesn't deserve that. I know. So now in the front yard, Leo is like walking down the stairs and away from her. And Piper's like, Leo, wait, you cannot do that. You cannot come into the end of a conversation and assume that you know everything. And he's like, all right, let's pretend that I don't know anything and explain it to me. And she's like, I wasn't questioning you. I was questioning our decision. And he says, then ask me your questions. She says, don't you think I would like to? And he says, honestly, I don't know what you're thinking. And he starts to walk away again, but she follows him. And she says, well, what I'm thinking is maybe Phoebe's right. Maybe we're being selfish. Our decision affects other people, other people that I happen to love. And he says, I love them too, Piper. Too cute. And then she says, I know. Look, you were the last person that I want to be fighting with right now. And he says, then let's stop. And she says, Leo, if we get, if you and I, let me try that again. Rook and Christopher love each other very much. But in the end, that didn't matter. And he says, we haven't reached the end yet. Have a little faith. Look, don't you think this scares me too? Don't you think that I have my doubts? And she says, D do you? And he says, of course I do. What I'm trying to say is, I know what Christopher must feel. You know, always worried about the timing and about how he has to live his life. Knowing what his true feelings are, but unable to share those with the one person that he has them for. And Piper says, she knows, but it doesn't fix everything. And then Phoebe is standing behind them and came out of nowhere. <laughs> and Phoebe's like, you've got to give it a chance. And they both look at her and she holds up the, the whiteboard from earlier and it says, written on it, you have my blessing. And Piper smiles and Leo kind of is like, you know, also a little smiley. And she's like, but we still haven't figured out how to pull it off. And Phoebe says, when the time's right, you'll know. I loved this scene and this moment between all of them. I mean, it's, I don't know how dumb they must be to not understand what they're talking about because they're not being very secretive at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I know, literally. When we get to the episode and find out how, like, the end of the episode and they, we find out how they found out, I'm like, shouldn't they have known from this scene? I don't think they needed someone yeah. else to tell them. But literally, like, they should have picked up on it from the way that they were talking in this scene and multiple others. I'm not sure how they didn't quite understand what they were trying to say, but uh, I guess they just don't think like that. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hmm, um, what could they be talking about? Christopher? <laughs> oh it's obviously about breaking Christopher it's got nothing to do with them it's got nothing to do with what we said in the ultimatum that we gave them even though they love each other like <laughs> whatever but still overall a very cute moment we got that you know confliction and doubts from both of them and kind of the pain between them and then Phoebe coming out of nowhere with that and being like you have my blessing like that was just so so beautiful to me I love that yeah I loved this scene I mean no notes perfect yeah absolute perfection <laughs> so then we're in the living room and Brooke is kissing the owl and crying and she's like I'm sorry I can't let you die please forgive me 
and then she puts him down on the couch and leaves i just this fake owl is too much and like when she puts it down i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) it's not an animal it's not a lie the way it had no movement like the whole thing just like plopped together like it was just obviously not it was obviously an object you know what i mean like and it was like it was supposed to be a touching scene but i'm like i just can't take this seriously i'm so sorry i know no me too i was laughing at that (laughs) oh boy so back in the front yard um in the sky the moon is almost in front of the sun like covering it and phoebe looks up at it and piper and leo are starting to ask her where she got the advice from And then she tells them about the eclipse and has some sort of realization. And she's like, I totally forgot the eclipse was today, a night within a day, the curse. And they hear a groan from inside and Phoebe runs in and calls for Prue. Yes. And I love the connection of the eclipse and the curse. I think it's really cute. I think Phoebe figuring it Mm -hmm. out here works for me. Um, I don't have any problems with this. Yeah, no, me neither at all. So then inside the living room, we see that Christopher is back to a human and he's laying on the couch, like covered with a blanket. And Piper says, this proves the theory. And then Christopher tells them that Brooke left and proves like she's gone to him, hasn't she? She's like, we'll handle it while Leo works on you. And Leo goes over to him to heal him while the sisters stand together. And he pulls out the arrow and then does it. And Piper says, I don't understand. Why would Brooke go to him? And Christopher says she didn't trust that you would be able to save me, but she knows that she can. And Phoebe says, how? And he says, the curse. If at any time she agrees to be with him and seals that pledge with a kiss, and Piper says she'll be forever bound. And Phoebe says, but the eclipse changes that. And Prue says, yeah, but she doesn't know that. So again, I like the connection between kind of them sealing that kiss being forever bound and you know piper and leo and the whole eclipse being a big part of it which we'll see more connections as we continue on so far no notes this is going really well them all having the realization and kind of figuring out what to do next yeah and of course you know that kiss the forever bind representing a wedding all of that perfect no notes exactly so now back in the office that um we saw the other guy in earlier There are three men in suits with the boss, and the boss says if he's off the radar, then he's more than failed, which leaves space open for one of you to fill. And you do that by killing the owl. And that's when Brooke walks in, and she says, I was hoping you would take me instead. And he smiles. So I like the kind of like Romeo and Juliet dynamic that this episode has set up for Brooke and Christopher, this kind of like self-sacrifice to because of their love basically i think it's kind of like it's romantic it's cute it's tragic i like it yeah i think i i really do too i definitely agree so again kind of cut to probably a couple minutes later in the office brooke and the boss are standing close together and brooke says aren't you gonna kiss me and he says i may be cheap but i'm not easy no wait yes i am And then he says, you're only doing this to save him, aren't you? And she puts her hand on his chest and he says, that's okay. It's quite obvious. You know what? I don't care. You'll grow to love me. And he starts leaning in and she says, I have your assurance that Christopher will not be harmed again. 
and he, he says you have my love isn't that enough gross, gross, so cute gross, to see gross. him like i know him disgusting but so cute to see how much she like like how far she's willing to go to keep him safe it's adorable it's really sad that she feels she has to go this far though like i feel so sorry for her. yeah me too i really do the poor girl willing to like sacrifice the rest of her life and her love with christopher just to keep him safe is like that's brutal and like props to this actor for pulling off this sleaziness so well like he makes me hate yeah. him so much agreed so then we cut to the outside where we see that the moon has fully covered the sun and inside the building the sisters and christopher walk in and piper freezes the lobby and they start walking through and she suddenly starts feeling kind of sick and says she doesn't have a good feeling. And then she goes, wait a minute, I take that back. I do have a good feeling about it, about something. I feel all warm and fuzzy. And Prue asks if it's her stomach, and she says that it's her chest. Phoebe says, oh my god, the time is right. The rutabaga. It's got to be the eclipse. If we can't look up, that must mean that they can't look down. And Prue agrees, and her and Phoebe agree that they can do it. And they start listing off everything they need to do. And Piper says that they need to get to Brooke. They only have time for one. And Christopher says, Piper, go home. Of all people, I understand this, all right? And so would Brooke. I can handle this on my own. And she says no and takes her sister's hands and they all start walking. So cute. So this is what I was talking about earlier with the other connection to the eclipse and how them being blocked from looking up can block them from looking down and it's the perfect time for the merging and for the wedding yes. but um for some reason piper feels that they only have enough time for one which i guess is for plot's sake but <laughs> but i also think that's true like i don't think the actual coverage lasts that long like the eclipse only lasts a few minutes it's not like it lasts all day right but when we see what happens next it feels a little like unnecessary so i don't know we'll, Which I we'll, we'll why get to that end up getting to have both but yeah but i do like that she is choosing the innocent you know she's kind of decided what's more important she's like no saving brooke comes before me and leo getting our happy ending so exactly and i really liked you know that connection between them growing when christopher's like no me and brooke would both understand like go marry leo and she's like i can't because piper's a hero exactly at the end of the day she's going to be there for them so now in the office the doors swing open with Prue's powers and the boss is like oh look it's the girl scouts set your thin mints down on the table and leave before you get yourselves hurt and Prue says let her go and he says i have no fear of witches and she says, maybe not, but how do you feel about true love? And they step to the side and Christopher walks in and him and Brooke look at each other all excited. And the boss is like, that's not possible. And then they walk to each other and lean in to kiss. And the boss says, if I can't have her, no one will. And a crossbow appears in his hand. And then Piper freezes the room. And Phoebe's like, anyone got a vanquish in their pocket? And Prue says, oh, let's not get rid of him just yet. I want him to watch this for a bit. And she moves the crossbow out of his hand to the floor and Piper and freezes. And he has to watch Christopher and Brooke kiss. 
and then he's super upset and he starts smoking and catches fire and then blows up and Christopher and Brooke smile at them and they say how can we thank you and Prue says you already have and Phoebe's like oh Piper I think I might have a solution to your whole maid of honor thing and she's like what about our distinct lack of a high priestess and Phoebe's like would you please just let me worry about that and they both they all head out and then Brooke and Chris hug each other very cute ending not quite sure how the like them kissing you know killed the boss unless he bet his life on it or something like in <laughs> on the curse I don't know <laughs> I think he was just so heartbroken that he died okay fair enough but that does quite bring us back to that theory Ken Demon's of love. Ken Demon's love. I don't think he loved Brooke. I think he. That's what was I think too. With her. I think it. It was in fact. I think that was obsession. Love. Yeah. I think that was obsession because love is. I mean, we've seen it a lot in shows, especially where, when you love someone, you're willing to do what you have to do to protect them, to care for them, and to save them. Not just, oh, well, if I can't have you, no one will. Like that's not love, you know, and. So it's still a little unclear on whether or not we think that evil can love. And maybe one day we'll get a solution to that. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day we'll have a more solid answer. But for right now, <laughs> I'm saying this guy did not love Brooke. I was happy to see him go. Agreed. I mean, like you said, the vanquish was a little silly. Why didn't they actually have to do anything to vanquish him? But I'll accept yeah. it. It's a fairy tale ending, right? True yeah, love exactly. saves the day. Um, goes with our theme of the episode exactly and now we have a wedding i know can't wait so we're in the manor in the living room and grams's spirit is there and she's surrounded by candles she says girls your high priestess is waiting but unfortunately the eclipse is not now let's move it and she starts the music using her telekinesis and calls for the maids of honor and Prue and Phoebe walk down the stairs together, looking all pretty. And Leo is standing next to Grams. And then Piper walks down, looking stunning. And the three sisters all stand together. And Prue tells her, you look beautiful. I know it's not exactly how you wanted it. And Piper says, but it's exactly what I wanted. And they're all smiling. And the sisters walk over to where Grams is. Piper stands across from Leo. And they smile at each other for a moment, and then he starts gasping and is in really bad pain and looking up. And he screams and disappears into, like, orbs. And Piper's like, Grams, how can this happen? What did we do? And she says, listen to me, darling. It's going to be okay. We will fix this. And Piper drops to the floor crying. She's like, we have to. This is all my fault. He doesn't deserve to be. I don't think I can do this. And the sisters hold her and Graham stands like above her. And you can tell that she really wants to hug Piper too, but obviously can't. And it's just devastating. This was a brutal scene to watch. I must say. I went from so happy to so heartbroken so quickly. I know the switch up was insane, but it did work so well. It hit us right in the heart all the sisters like they were so close to making this happen and then they find out and he gets take taken away like that like poor piper and the way she dropped to the ground and started crying the little freak out of her like not even being able to breathe is like so 
you know, it's such a really well portrayed emotion and so understandable and it's just so sad to see and the sisters just kind of everyone else just not knowing what to say just hugging her you know like oh like i don't think i've seen anyone else on this show play pure devastation as well as holly marie combs whether or not we may see it in the future from other actresses on the show but she does it so well an amazing job an amazing job I mean, honestly, props to all of them. They're all really amazing actresses. And when it comes to the moment, like, they can commit and do what they need to do to really get the point across. Like, all three of them and even other actors that have been in and out of this show, I will say. But this moment and a lot of the emotion that we see from Piper a lot of the time, she kills it every time. Flawless. So, very hard Also, my one piece of beef with this scene... If they knew they were in a rush, why did they take so much time to get ready and so dressed up? (laughs) That's true. I didn't think about that. I didn't even think about that. But let's not, let's not ruin the moment. Like, (laughs) that's crazy. Like, you don't need to be dressed up for it to be a wedding. You could have just done it in the clothes you were wearing. Yeah, I know. And they all did their hair so nice, like. Like, that took time. Like, Piper's hair was all done up. Phoebe's hair was all done up. I don't remember Prue's hairstyle, but I'm pretty sure they were all done up. And, like, (laughs) wasn't quite necessary. But I guess they were doing their best to... Make it feel like a wedding. Yeah. But very unfortunate moment. And, um... I wonder what's going to happen next with this. Like, I just... I need to know. I know. Like, I... Leo dead? Like, what the fuck happened? I know, we just vanished in, like, an explosion of orbs. Like, I am so curious to what they did to him, what's going to happen next. Is that it for Leo? Like, we don't know. We don't have any information, and, oh, it's stressing me out. I know. And then in the next scene, the final scene of the episode, we cut to, like, hell or something. (laughs) Not really sure. And Cole is standing in this white circle in the middle of three guys that are in robes. And one of them says, you do good work. And another one says, to get close to the Hallowells with no no suspicion, splendid. And then another one says, and we were pleased that you informed us of the witch's nuptials. And Cole says, the pleasure was mine. And then another one of them says, and the displeasure was theirs when the information was shared. Another one says, you've gained useful knowledge of the charmed ones now you must gain their trust it it just kind of goes back and forth between all of them talking and another one's like others have failed and cole says others weren't me and one of them says what's next and cole's like the wedding was child's play perk if you will i'm focusing my attentions on phoebe she's my way in you sent me up to find out how to destroy them i'd say we're well on our way and he smiles and that's the end of the episode so fuck you cole for being a snitch i still love you but how dare you how dare you ruin piper and leo's wedding oh i can't believe it and you know what's the last thing i mean this is the oh my god i was like actually shocking to me when i watched it this time around and actually paid attention because every other watch around i thought oh the eclipse went away and they saw 
Yeah, until I literally about this scene completely. Until literally just like what the rewatch before we recorded this, I honest to God, all my life, every watch thought that that was the case until I realized and paid attention that Cole was the one who snitched and ruined their wedding. That's crazy to me because I've never, I've, I've never knew that before. And I've watched the show so many times. It's brutal. Also, but... I mean, we just met the triad, right? There are three guys here. This must be the evil triad. Right. And it's not the same ones as the council. Wasn't the council like four or am I like remembering wrong? Yeah, there were more than three in the council and they also had very different robes. Like their robes were gold. So I don't know yeah. if the council and the triad are supposed to be the same or if we're just supposed to forget about the council and only think about the triad. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know why they didn't make some sort of connection there. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. But um. At the end of the day, whatever, we've got, you know, Leo vanishing, ending on a really bad note, and us still confused and unsure about what's going to happen with Cole. So we've got a lot to look forward to in the next episode. And I also just got to say, like, I'm wondering with him and Phoebe's connection, is any of it real or is he just playing her? That's something I'll be curious to see as their interactions continue in the next coming episodes. Agreed. Can't wait to see it. So any other overall thoughts? Overall, I thought it was a great episode. I love the connections, you know, all the difficulties that we went through, the the great conclusions about love conquering all, and then to end on such suspense is definitely uh it definitely caught my attention definitely a very good episode i will say yeah definitely and it's kind of setting up um i mean we've been waiting for a big bad right i don't know if it's the triad or if it's cole or if it's both but we're definitely getting that set up here and obviously that demonic storyline is going to continue so we have a multi-episode demon storyline here and season three is off to a really fucking good start i will say yeah the first two episodes we've gotten again like demon of the week hasn't been so or monster of the week hasn't been so like crazy but everything else around it every other aspect of the episodes has been so important in the past two that we've discussed so it's pretty interesting to see yeah definitely thanks for listening to this week's episode If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitched podcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three Episode 3, Once Upon a Time.